Coming up on today's Locked On Big Ten, Isaiah Hole is in to recap everything that happened over the weekend. No Big Ten Heisman winners, but we did have, of course, the Michigan representative that we'll talk to Isaiah about. And Aiden Hutchinson did get a pretty big honor of his own in conference, too. And then we'll also get into the recruiting class for Michigan with Isaiah. He's always been one to highly tout how Michigan football still recruits at that top level. It was, of course, raining true as National Signing Day came and went yesterday. We'll talk to Isaiah about everything going on with that. That class, and he's got a lot to say about it. We'll have that for you right here on Locked On Big Ten. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Alongside Isaiah Holt, our Thursday co-host and the host of Locked On Wolverines every day of the week, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're here to talk about Michigan football here as National Signing Day wraps up. We'll get into Michigan and everything else going on in the conference too, but uh, Isaiah talked a lot about how Michigan always has the best recruiting classes. Wolverines always back it up and it will get into everything that the Wolverines get and what other teams get into also here with Isaiah on the show. We talked about it a little bit yesterday, but again, more with at least another voice in to get some takes on it too here on the show. But first, Isaiah, let's go back to last weekend. Uh, it's not a Heisman winning Big Ten anymore, or, or it wasn't before. I, uh, anyway, Big Ten player didn't win the Heisman is what I'm trying to get to. But you had a representative, Ohio State had a representative. I think we kind of already knew that it wasn't going to be a Big Ten player winning this when we went into that ceremony. So it was just kind of nice to see the Big Ten represented well, even if it did get a little awkward at times, if you were watching that broadcast. Yeah, and I was watching the broadcast and <laughs> I, it was awkward. And uh, it, it, it was funny, depending on who was, you know, who the eye of the holder was in that situation. Um, I did, I think that Desmond, granted, it wasn't really, it kind of started with, Tim Tebow. Well, it started with Desmond and then Tim Tebow escalated it and then Desmond escalated it even further. And it got uh, to, to me, I mean, it, I, I won't go completely out of the way to say it was uncalled for and it wasn't a rip on CJ Stroud as many make it out to be, you know, it was a rip on that game itself. But at the same time, you know, you're there to celebrate his achievements. I, I don't think that that necessarily needed to be there. Uh, in that moment, maybe that's something that it, you do privately, maybe not with the national audience, but because it kind of takes away from uh, from everything. Uh, but uh, I understand like it kind of also started with Aiden Hutchinson by kind of making that quick apology to CJ Stroud. Uh, but uh, I mean, that's why he was there, right? Like he, he wasn't really on the Heisman stage until the Ohio State game, even though I, in in my eyes, he was uh, easily the most important player for Michigan, one of the best players in the country, and it was certainly a well-deserved honor. I mean, he set a single-season sack record in Ann Arbor, and outside of that, I mean, his impact was just so huge. It was the, one of the big reasons why David Ajabo really emerged and why he has 11 sacks is also because of the pressure that Aiden Hutchinson was generating. Defenses had to game plan around him and things of that nature, so uh, it, it's... Uh, it, it, I certainly think that he had a chance to to win it before the Big Ten championship game, uh, but I think with the fact that uh, Bryce Young had both the uh, 
the Alabama comeback, as well as the uh, SEC championship win in a game in which everyone was saying that uh, Alabama had no chance against Georgia. Uh, that kind of cemented his, his, you know, his win, uh, and he, it was well deserved. But I mean, big credit to Aiden because when I was on my way to Indianapolis listening to SiriusXM, you know, they have various uh, various betting uh, site people on their uh, on, on that channel every now and again, and I heard two different ones say that uh, in in their eyes because they expected Bryce Young and Alabama to lose to Georgia that it was Aiden's uh, trophy to lose. But uh, no, Bryce Young went out and won it, and you have to credit him for that. But I do want to dispel that uh, the notion that I've heard from a lot of the rival fans about uh, Aiden not necessarily deserving to be there. Listen, he deserved to be there. I mean, I understand that people look at Will Anderson and the stats and everything. Aiden's contribution goes well beyond what he did statistically. Uh, that If you watch the games, uh, you'd realize how much of a game wrecker he was. I mean, he really defensively put the team on his back. He was a he was a guy that uh, the whole team rallied around. I, without Aiden Hutchinson, I don't think that Michigan would have been in uh, any anywhere close to being in contention for the Big Ten this year. I think they would have might have had a chance next year, but it would have uh, it they would have been at least a year away. Uh, defensively, he's the engine, and uh, Michigan pretty much relies on its defense to get a lot of what it's trying to do done. And uh, I, I don't think it should be like a pissing match between you know, rivals in the sense of, uh, I also think that, you know, I'm sp speaking specifically of Michigan state. I do think that Kenneth Walker deserved to be there. Obviously he didn't get the votes. He had a couple of games in which he was either a no show or didn't do what he had, uh, what he had done in some of his biggest games. Whereas even, even in games when Aiden didn't have the stats, for instance, uh, he was still impacting the game pretty heavily. Uh, that said, I, th I still think that Kenneth Walker deserved to be there just as much as Aiden did. And, uh, but you, you can't really say, well, one person didn't and one person does. And uh, based off of what each did for their own team, they both were excellent and stellar. And uh, I certainly think that uh, it's, uh, it was a well-deserved honor for the Michigan defensive end. It was no doubt. And just to take it real quickly, bigger picture, Aiden, like you said, had the argument of the, his value being so much more than just what the stats were showing as to why he was at that ceremony and why he could win this trophy. It, as you look at just kind of that and how that is really, when we've seen defensive players at this kind of level get to this New York stage, that's been a lot of the time what they bring to the table, but we've still only seen the one defensive player ever win this thing. So can that kind of uh, a momentum and story bring someone to this trophy? Can a defensive player put up the kind of stats at some point to compete with a quarterback to win this trophy? Can any sort of defensive player win this thing with the way that it's being looked at right now? Because if you ask me, I, I don't see anyone being able to have the performance that would be able to beat out anything a quarterback does in college football these days. Well, if not, if, if not now, when is kind of the right. way I look. Yeah. And uh, I, I think you have to completely change mind and the perspective of the voters in the sense of they are so headstrong when it comes to the idea of it being an offensive award essentially uh, which I think is unfair to be honest I mean it should be the best player and there's I mean it the most important player and uh, honestly I mean you've got uh, there, it's more than just one of th three positions that should be winning this award you know we usually see quarterbacks every now and again we see like last year, we saw Devontae Smith win. 
Uh, every now and again, you see a running back, but certainly there are other uh, other engines that make th- some of these really good elite type teams move. And uh, I mean, you could you could point to uh, Jordan Davis, for instance, at uh, at Georgia or to Kobe Dean as you know, may- maybe it's hard to single out one guy with the Bulldogs, but you know, they aren't offensively driven. Uh, but, you know, earlier in the season, you're, you're hearing more, you know, wh- whether it be JT Daniels or Stetson Bennett, depending on who was the, uh, the quarterback at the time. It always seems like, okay, that team is good. A quarterback, that whoever their quarterback is should be the one. And uh, I, I understand that's the most important position in football, but, you know, sometimes you get guys that uh, really make things move in the positive direction that are playing a different position, let alone uh, on a different unit. Uh, I mean, I don't think we're going to see a, necessarily a primary special teams guy, but some at the same time, I mean, some of the winners have been big special team standouts like Charles Woodson or Desmond Howard. Uh, so I think that uh, I think it needs to they need to take a hard look and try to figure out who's the most impactful. The thing I think the big thing is, though, is how much are these voters getting to watch, you know, certain teams and what they're doing and not just stack gazing uh, on a weekly basis. And that's where things become a little bit more challenging. And I think that it would be up to uh, like Michigan never really truly promoted Aiden. I mean, they were in the week kind of leading up were tweeting out Hutch for Heisman, but at the same time, I mean, it wasn't like they had a very big PR campaign or anything like that. And back in the day, you know, you used to always see, you know, I always hear stories about uh, reporters receiving different tokens of uh, to, to promote their Heisman candidate. Uh, I remember speaking to a reporter relatively recently about Indiana with Antoine Randall and uh, they had gotten some kind of remember what it was, but they had gotten uh, like a actual like personalized item trying to encourage him to uh, to vote for Antoine Randall for Heisman. I think that when you have a someone who is impacting your team as much on defense as someone like Aiden, uh, those teams need to probably step up a little bit earlier and say, hey, you need to pay a att- little bit more attention to what our guy is doing uh, to tr- get the voters kind of off of that line of thinking that it has to be a quarterback or bust. Yeah, it's something that is obviously much bigger than the conversation we can have here right now. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. It's just something that needs to be a bigger change over a longer course of time and not something we're going to see uh, any one individual maybe really swing the needle on unless of course uh, obviously they bring a performance that warrants it but we'll see what ends up happening as the years go on again uh, isaiah is here to talk about some of that future in college football with us in just a minute michigan of course as always has a strong recruiting class we'll go into the wolverines and some of the other teams that were at the top of recruiting in the class of 2022 as the early national signing day comes and goes here on locked on big 10. This is it, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa. Head to netsuite.com slash lockedonncaa for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. This is the 93% of surveyed businesses success rate say that they increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. So head to the site, try it out. 
you're going to like what you end up getting out of the growth that your business shows. Again, it's things that you may not have even seen before. Well, you listen to podcasts like ours for the power of that knowledge on Big Ten or anything else on the Locked On Podcast Network. You join Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so you can listen to all the latest episodes of your favorite shows, the power of three unlimited data lines and $30 a or $30 a month per line so your family can harness all that brain power too. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks are on your side too, so you can do it all at the best speeds available right now. You can get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save at Boost Mobile. Free phone limited to new customers and one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for all details. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, National Signing Day came and went yesterday, or at least the first day of it. The people who have committed signed their letters of intent or were able to yesterday, but we'll get into everything and did get into everything a little bit yesterday but we've got our michigan guy on michigan ends up with the number nine class in the country according to at least 24 7 sports composite rankings which at least i don't know it's been a few years since i actually was doing recruiting like at a level like full-time that, that's still the standard right pretty much i know on three is making a big push with their new on three consensus but i think if they're, they're ranked the same number nine at on three and those would be the two that I'd look at because they're they're generally looking at all of the rankings and making some kind of uh, composite, as 24-7 calls it. With 24 commits, class for the Wolverine stands at one five-star, 10 fours, and 13 threes again on those 24 composite rankings, at least. Uh, just give us your impressions at first and, like the I guess, elevator pitch on what everyone should know on what Michigan's going to be bringing in next season. Football, a little bit different. We're not expecting to see all these guys right away, of course. Well, they certainly finished strong. Uh, there's two guys who, who didn't sign. Uh, we'll see if they end up in the class. It's it's sounding like that there's a there's a good chance that they won't. Uh, but those things are still in flux, of course, and certainly they're they're still trying to figure some things out. But they finished really strong. Uh, they they had one guy who flipped to Texas and Ethan Burke, which is a, a disappointment. But at the same time, they they flipped four guys on their own and got another commitment on top of that. Uh, let's obviously that's kind of where things start. Uh, when you look at their day, you look at some of these guys that they were able to bring in the guy that they didn't flip because he wasn't committed anywhere, but previously was Darius Clemens and, uh, Jim Harbaugh, uh, yesterday called him, uh, a lot like Nico Collins in the sense that he's big, fast, and physical. He's six, three, two Oh five. Uh, he runs a four, three 40. Uh, he was thought to be an Oregon lock before Mario Cristobal departed for Miami, and uh, he's 24-7 uh, sports gives him a comp to Allen Robinson, the former uh, Penn State wide receiver. Uh, I mean, that is huge uh, for Michigan to get a guy like that in. You couple him with Tyler Morris, who's long been committed. He's a guy that Steve Wiltfong said on CBS Sports HQ yesterday is, uh, is highly underrated just by the sake of he didn't play his senior season due to an injury. Uh, but uh, he was a guy who was ranked pretty highly before his injury. And uh, then you also add the other wide receiver in Amarion Walker, the former Notre Dame commit who uh, flipped yesterday on early signing day as well. Uh, it's, it's suddenly a really good wide receiver hall after the, this class looked like it was not going to have uh, much of anybody. Now Walker was long thought of being a, a guy who could and probably would flip to Michigan, but Clemens kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, he'd visited a few times uh, over the course of the last couple of years, but 
it wasn't until his December 10th visit that suddenly he became a guy that looked like he very well could flip to, to Michigan or not flip, but come to Michigan. Uh, Auburn uh, was the other school that was in strong contention there. Uh, yeah. He picked Michigan overall. Uh, Derek Moore is the other big win that they were able to get. He committed shortly afterwards. He was a former Oklahoma commit. Uh, he was a guy that got offered by Michigan pretty early in the process from Baltimore St. Francis Academy. Uh, there, there were some questions for Michigan of whether they'd be able to get him in because his former head coach Biff Pogey is a behind the scenes staffer at, in Ann Arbor once again. And, you know, and NCAA has a rule about, uh, you can't take a guy if, uh, unless that, uh, they're two years removed, but considering that Biff Pogey and St. Francis Academy could not play last year, uh, that helped, uh, Michigan get a waiver from the NCAA. He's ranked as highly as number 23 overall, according to ESPN. Uh, he's uh, pretty much, uh, when you look at all the different recruiting services, a top 100 guy, he's a defensive end. He's going to come in already uh, kind of that prototypical size, about 6'5", 250 pounds already. Uh, and uh, he's got a lot of uh, game-wrecking ability to his game. Then Michigan can decide, do they want to, to keep him lean and fast and have him being an, uh, an edge-rushing type, or do they want to continue to bulk him and make him an interior guy? They have a bunch of different options with him. Uh, that they can look at. They also got Alex Orgy, the uh, the quarter dual threat quarterback from Sachi, Texas. He was uh, committed to Virginia Tech until again coaching change there. They let go of Justin Fuente and brought in Brent Pry, and that kind of got him uh, opened up a little bit. He made a December tenth visit, just like the others that we just kind of mentioned. And uh, they're really Michigan's really thrilled with the fact that he ran for twelve hundred yards and still is a capable thrower. He's one of two quarterbacks that they have. And when you, if you look at uh, what some of the analysts are saying on threes, EJ Holland is uh, thinks that his, the, the best move for him is he could be a linebacker. He's that type of body type, right? It's like not often that you get a quarterback that you also look at and say, Hey, that, that guy could be a linebacker, but Michigan's going to give him that opportunity at quarterback to start. And uh, we'll see if that, uh, if, if that ends up working, but obviously the pinnacle of the class is Will Johnson. Uh, Will Johnson being the five-star corner. He's a Michigan legacy. His father, Dion, was a uh, very good defensive back for Michigan in the early 90s. And uh, Michigan won that recruiting battle back last year, February. Uh, and he's been solid ever since. He very was very close to going to Ohio State multiple times until USC got heavily involved. And uh, once USC got involved, they kind of pried things open a little bit. And he ended up choosing to stay home. And he's been uh, the most active recruiter for Michigan. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how quickly he sees the field. They brought in a heck of a defensive back class, uh, six guys, because you got him. Uh, then you add in uh, uh, another one of the flips that they got, Keon Sab, who uh, was a previous Clemson commit. He, uh, he made a somewhat secret visit to Ann Arbor for the Ohio State game, despite Dabo Swinney's no-visit policy. He was a former uh, five-star. He, he got bumped down to a four-star in the summer, but uh, he's a guy that Michigan didn't even crap, crack his top list uh, at one point over the summer, uh, yet he, Michigan kept on being persistent, got him in for a visit, then he still ended up committing to Clemson, and then Michigan gets him in for a visit again. They stayed persistent. They had to fight off Georgia in the end. Uh, but he's a safety that certainly, again, is a guy that could see the field early. Damani Dent, Jim Harbaugh waxed ecstatic about him. He's the lowest rated of them, of those defensive backs. He's a three-star. But uh, Jim Harbaugh really liked his physicality, the, uh, his work ethic, the fact that he's always working out. Uh, and this has this desire to be great. Uh, and Zeke Berry is a guy that committed the day before. 
uh, day before the Big Ten Championship game out of uh, De La Salle in Concord, California, out there in the Bay Area. And uh, that's a really good high school. Michigan had gotten Devin Asiasi from him from there earlier uh, in Jim Harbaugh's tenure. And uh, he's another guy that could play a pretty big part. And then you still have Miles Pollard, a, a three-star cornerback from Ravenwood, Tennessee, or Brentwood, Tennessee, Ravenwood, uh, which is where Junior Colson uh, hailed from. Uh, he's a guy, if you look at the offer sheet, you, you, you understand he's probably a lot better than his ranking because he's got offers from Alabama and pretty much everywhere else that you'd look uh, that you'd want to, to, a defensive back to have an offer from. I think he had his 41 reported offers, so uh, he's got a lot going for him. Uh, they didn't bring in a lot of offensive linemen, only two, and Alessandro uh, Lorenzetti, who Harbaugh was really ec ecstatic about. They they got a chance to work him out last summer. He's uh, from Montreal originally. He plays in uh, Windsor, Connecticut at the Loomis Chaffee School now. So it's kind of an unheralded region, uh, kind of a, a find for them. And then they also reeled in Andrew Gentry, a former Virginia commit. He's a 2020 class guy, actually, but he signed yesterday. He He's a, a Mormon, so he was on his Mormon mission and then when, yet again, you know, you've got uh, got a coaching change, Bronco Mendenhall, uh, when he resigned, then that opened things up for uh, opened things up for Michigan to flip him. And he used to be, one back in the 2020 class, he was a top 100 guy. Uh, Harbaugh said they had him rated uh, on the top of their board in the, that 2020 class, which they brought in a lot of really impressive uh, offensive linemen as it was, including Zach Zinter, who's a starter now for Michigan. Uh, and then you you continue going through and uh, there's just so many different guys that you that you have to like uh, Jimmy Rolder the linebacker uh, Jim Harbaugh uh, said that he's very similar to Leo Chanel from Wisconsin uh, they feel the same about Deuce Burlock who they were able to hang on to it seemed like he was maybe not going to sign he's based out of Alabama he's I think Michigan's lowest rated commit in the cycle but he's uh, he's a guy that Michigan really likes and thinks that uh he can certainly uh, make a pretty big impact. Micah Pollard out of Jacksonville, Florida. He's uh, he's Marcus Pollard, the former Indianapolis Colts tight end son. Um, so I know it's, it, the whole class is it's just it's it's got a when you look at it and when you look at the three stars, these are a lot of guys who have a very high floor, and uh, that, that's not not always necessarily the case when you look at some of these classes. This is a high floor, high ceiling type class. And I, I certainly could see if Michigan can hit on and like when you look at when Michigan gets classes like these, which they have, I think in 2018 was one of them when they brought in or 2017 as well. When they bring in guys like Quiddy Pay, who at that time was a three star out of Prov uh, yeah, Providence, Rhode Island. And uh, you, you look at it on paper and say, what are they doing? They tend to get a lot from guys like that. It's usually been the production from the higher end guys. Uh, but uh, it kind of feels like this is very as a group of very serious football players. Uh, the guys that aren't necessarily all about uh, prestige. Uh, it doesn't seem like that's always been the case. You look back at like the 27, uh, sorry. Yeah. 2017 class. It seemed like the, they had a couple five stars there that didn't necessarily weren't necessarily about putting in the work. And this is a class that seems very serious and it's about putting in the work. So I'm really interested to see how they matriculate through the system and through the program over the next couple of years. And uh, especially the wide receiver group. I mean, Jim Harbaugh said that these guys could, should be day one type guys, and they'll be joining a loaded room that not only returns literally everybody from this year's team, but also re-adds Ronnie Bell this next year. So it, it, this could be a giant position of strength suddenly for Michigan with a bunch of uh, game-breaking type uh, skill position players. So I'm really excited to see how this all works out. 
Today's show brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online, you already know, the number one place to go for all your sports action all season long from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. There's always stuff going on during these months and every other month, too. So head on over to betonline.ag and make sure you get your fix and make your money, too. Bet Online is your place to go for all your online sportsbook needs, and you can get some free money to mess around with, too. Head on over to the site, sign up, and use our promo code Locked On. It's Locked On, the promo code, for a welcome bonus of 50% on your first deposit. Again, Locked On when you sign up at betonline.ag. Head on over there now. See everything they've got to offer. You're going to be impressed, I promise. I have no follow-up questions. If you haven't noticed, Isaiah is all over this Michigan recruiting class, up and down. Uh, Real quick before we let you go, Isaiah, I want to ask you just a more general question about, you mentioned the guys who aren't signing as of yesterday. And for the people who don't follow this as much, I want to just ask you exactly, in your experience, what has that meant to you in this short time? Because again, this early signing day hasn't been around for all that long, but at least in my time when anyone's asked me what not signing or, or player who's committed not signing I mean I, I just say it means that something's happening it doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean they're not coming to the school it doesn't mean that they're going to go somewhere else it just means that uh, if they were 100 percent committed they would have signed on the dotted line then so I, I that's just as far as I think you can read into it what's been your experience with uh how players have kind of dealt with that if they're not signing on that signing day well, usually, yeah, it's, that's pretty much it. It just, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, sometimes you do get like a situation where maybe a guy's not signing right away because, the, you know, the, I remember Quentin Johnson, I, I believe was uh, one of them, or I, I, I think maybe he was, he committed late, but the, the recent, I remember recently they had gotten a guy who didn't sign on early signing day, but it wasn't because he wasn't all in. He was signing with the rest of his school, which were, they were all doing it on signing day proper in February more often than not, yeah, it does seem like there's, if the door is left open, you look at the situation that they've got with Cavante Henry from Losinger, California, uh, or Lawndale, California, Losinger. Uh, the reason why he's likely didn't sign is because uh, Courtney Morgan, who was Michigan's director of player personnel, he was very integral in, Mich- in Michigan's recruitment of him. He departed for Washington, so he's keeping his options open now because his his main guy – that was going to be an Ann Arbor looking out for him, a guy who was from Southern California, just like him. Uh, he's not there anymore. So that usually tends to be the case. The, their other situation with uh, Aaron Alexander at Belleville, I'm not really sure what's going on there. Uh, seems like the the Belleville coach, Jermaine Crowell, had, had a tweet earlier in the week that made it kind of signify that maybe he wasn't a take for Michigan anymore. And it, it's hard to really figure out whether that's on the school or if it's on the kid uh, in some cases, because uh, certain schools like Michigan, uh, I know a lot of uh, rival fans scoff at this, but I I do know it to be true uh, based off of a lot of things that I've heard over the years in the recruiting, they can't get everybody in admissions is a completely different situation. And sometimes if a guy isn't doing so so well scholastically, and I'm not saying that's what's happening with uh, Aaron Alexander, I'm just using him, as an example of how how much you may or may not know in general but there have been times where you know, I, i've seen where kids people are like why why isn't michigan going after this guy he's a four-star he's an in-state guy he wants to come to michigan uh he has an offer or maybe he doesn't have an offer but like why aren't they offering uh, sometimes it's grades related it's it's not always just about play on the field and it's not always just about uh about 
you know, maybe bumping him for a higher end guy. Sometimes there's some things to work out. And I, I do, I can recall sometimes in Jim Harbaugh's tenure where some really high end prospects got flushed out of the system once they arrived on campus because they couldn't keep th up things grade wise. So that is a, a part of it, whether it's something nefarious that you don't want to see, which is schools processing uh, or the kid having not made up his mind or something else that's just kind of outside of the control, like grades, uh, there's usually a good reason why someone doesn't end up in the class on early signing day. We'll see if they try to figure that out and get it worked out by, uh, by national, excuse me, national signing day. But uh, usually that's not a very good sign when it doesn't happen in December. Yeah, and of course, plenty of people just haven't decided yet, haven't made that commitment. But again, those who have and didn't sign yesterday, there's usually a reason behind it. Biggest thing is just to uh, not assume whatever that reason is until more information's out there. Isaiah Holes, of course, covering everything Michigan every single weekday over on Locked On Wolverines. You can tune in to get his breakdown even further on everything that Michigan has done over this week in signing day, recruiting, all that kind of stuff. And he's here once a week on Locked On Big Ten as well. Thanks again for Joining us, Isaiah, uh, I already told him a little bit about Lockdown Wolverines, but remind people where they can get a hold of you and everything you're up to. Also, wolverineswire.usatoday.com had 30-some stories yesterday about all about the recruiting class. So plenty for you to dive into if you're a Wolverines fan. Again, we'll be back next uh, tomorrow with another episode before we get into next week in the weekend here on Lockdown Big Ten. Alongside Isaiah, I'm Nate Dickinson. Thanks for tuning in here on a Thursday.